from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie B. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Thursday, December the 9th, 2021. Yes, it is already Thursday of Grey Cup Week. And uh, we've been bringing you tons of coverage throughout Grey Cup Week on the Ticats Audio Network. And that will continue. Uh, today we had a chance to catch up with Carr Gibson, who is a 96-year-old man who was at the 1935 Grey Cup as a 12-year-old. Uh, so Andy and I had a chance to catch up with him. We caught up with Devontae Dedman. There's a brand new episode of Task in Twos you can catch on the Ticats Audio Network as well. And all those have a keyword that you can enter to win some great prizes because Ticats Day during Grey Cup Week is presented by Swoop Airlines, the official airline of the 108th Grey Cup. That beach vacation you've been dreaming of is about to become a reality with Swoop, Canada's ultra-not-expensive airline. Visit flyswoop.com to fly to sunny destinations for less and listen to the Ticats Audio Network all throughout Grey Cup Week as in partnership with Swoop. We're giving away... Two amazing prizes, a pair of Grey Cup tickets, and a pair of round-trip flights to anywhere Swoop flies. All you have to do is listen for the Swoop keyword. We'll give you a different keyword in every piece of content we create this week. So the more you listen, the more chances you have to win. Go to tightcats.ca slash listen to win for full contest details, terms, and conditions. I still can't believe it's Thursday of Grey Cup Week. I know I, I may have just mentioned that already, but it is Thursday of Grey Cup Week. Uh, Sunday's game is getting closer and closer, and uh, we know that it's sold out. And if you are one of the lucky ones to have tickets, well, my advice to you is get there early. Get there early. Give yourself lots of time. Enjoy the festivities down there at Tim Hortons Field, but uh, get there early. That's for sure. Uh, today, Ticats practice was closed to the media. We'll be back at practice tomorrow. Let you know what we see, and uh, we'll hear from Coach O. Uh, but today was Ticats Media Day. So 24 Ticats were brought through the Hamilton Convention Center. And I will admit that because of social distancing, uh, the audio is uh, it's, it's okay. Um, but I couldn't get to as many as I wanted to. Uh, we will hear from Cam Kelly, and we'll hear from Stavros Katsantonis. And we'll also be joined by the uh, CFL on TSN's Matthew Shinetti. Caught up with him at the uh, Hamilton Convention Center this morning, and we'll play that conversation for you coming up in just a little bit. I also want to let you know that tomorrow, if you don't have plans for tomorrow afternoon, well, I got your plans for you because tomorrow afternoon is the Legends Luncheon, the CFL Alumni Association Legends Luncheon is Friday at the Endzone Bar and Grill. There'll be lots of Ticats alumni there. For information, go to cflaa.ca for details. All right, we spoke with Jagarra Davis earlier this week. Of course, he is getting set to play in his fifth Grey Cup. A couple of guys who are set to play in their first, Cameron Kelly and Stavros Katsantonis, and I had a chance to catch up with them at Ticats Media today. Let's start with Cameron Kelly, and I just kind of wanted him to put into perspective just, you know, from day one of training camp to on the cusp of the Grey Cup, what this season's been like for him. Uh, yeah, first day of training camp, it was it was kind of crazy, you know. I finally got a feel for how big the field was. Uh, I'm breaking on football is being thrown and I'm thinking I'm gonna get there and I'm really like five yards away and I was just like man this is this is a madhouse and then uh you know as the season went on I kind of 
started getting a little bit more comfortable. Uh, I learned a lot from all my teammates and my coaches. And, uh, you know, now that we're here, I feel like from day one of training camp, though, Coach Ho told us, you know, we were going to be playing in this game. The first slide they put up was a picture of him, the Hamilton Stadium filled up with the Grey Cup symbol next to it, you know. So we've been, we saw it through, you know. We saw it in the beginning, and we didn't know exactly how we were going to get here. And the journey's been crazy, you know, for me personally and just the team and everything we've been through. But it just makes being here a lot more speed. I've heard this a couple times, but the only thing guaranteed is adversity. Yeah, what does so, that mean to you? Uh, I mean, my whole journey, you know, starting from I thought I was going to go third or fourth round out of college, you know, and I ended up going undrafted. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I got cut by the Cowboys. I wasn't in training camp there. I was at home for a whole year, did the AAF, got picked up by the Steelers, and then got released there at the end of the year, then didn't do anything for almost a whole another year, you know. So I just look back on my whole life, and, you know, the statement can't be any more true. It's just all about how you respond to it. What does it mean to look over to your right to see Joel, to see Sam? Like, guys who have been in the league, especially Sam, but what does it mean to look over and see those guys to your, to your right? It's special because, you know, I do I do this for my team. You know, my first of all, my family, you know, for God's glory, and then third, my teammates, you know, because – it's hard to play football like one of the most dangerous sports when you really don't genuinely love and care about the guys next to you. you know, Javon's been in the year, it's his fifth year, it's his first great cup. You know, I'm trying to get it to him. Sam's been playing for I don't know how long, what, nine, ten years now, you know, this is he's been the one or been the two, but this you know, trying to win one for him. So I really genuinely care about these guys and I just want I want us to be champions. And like the thing about Sam, he doesn't take a doesn't take a practice off. He doesn't take a rep off. He doesn't like what do you? He it's, deserves. Right. Yeah, and what does it mean? Because you do have a lot of young guys in that linebacker room there too. So what do you think it means to even to you, but to those younger guys to see a guy like Sim kind of at the top of his game? I mean, it's it's it's. it's it's definitely what everybody, every young guy needs in their career. You know, when I was with the Steelers, I had a guy like Joe Hayden, you know, and so, like, I was almost in awe, you know, when I was around him. And then, you know, he was the same way, always practice hard, you know, great practice habits, and was just a great dude on and off the field, always smiling. And I come here and I see Sim doing the same thing, you know. And so I'm just like, that's the definition of a fit, you know. Vets like him and uh, Chris Vanzal, the reason, like, you know, we can keep everything because, you know, Coach O can only control so much, you know, in the locker room, we're by ourselves. So those guys, they keep that message going in the locker room and make sure everybody stays on track. And Coach Washington, I mean, I know you're a man of faith, he's a man of faith. Yeah. What does it mean to have a guy like Coach Washington in the room? And more more than just a football guy, but as, as a mentor. Yeah, me and Coach Washington has some some deep talks that have absolutely nothing to do with football, you know, and I feel like that's kept me kept me on track, you know, I go in his office sometimes, we pray together, you know, we're in chapel every week together, um, so I just feel like, you know, in, like, everybody has their own faith, but some, only certain people are, like, really out with it, you know, and I feel like uh, our purpose here on earth is, you know, to spread, you know, the word of God, and, you know, to see somebody like him do it, and, the, the way he balances football and, you know, his spiritual life, you know, he's, he's been a great role model for him. That is Cameron Kelly as we had a chance to catch up with him at Ticats Media Day down at the Hamilton Convention Center. Some great coverage coming out of Media Day already. CFL.ca's got some great pieces and uh, the tons of great writers who I've, uh, you know, writers, reporters, everybody else who I've had a chance to uh, to catch up with this week are just putting out some great 
great content pieces. So uh, make sure you go check them out. And again, CFL.ca, you know, Danny Austin's here. Tim Baines is here. Uh, really a great, uh, great, talented, lots of talented writers here in Hamilton, making sure uh, they got this game covered from every angle. I mentioned it was Cam Kelly's first Grey Cup, of course, in his first CFL season. It's also Stavros Katsantonis's first Grey Cup. And uh, we had a chance to catch up with Stavros, and he is uh, quite the character, uh, and I always love catching up with him. And, you know, same thing. I kind of asked him, I wanted to know, you know, just the idea of, of how this season has gone for him and being on the verge of playing in the Grey Cup. Here's what he had to say. It really means a lot, you know, to be in, like I said, I've been telling a lot of people, first year, rookie year, and, and being my first Grey Cup. It's, you know, it's definitely exciting, but, you know, also remembering not to kind of, you know, overhype the moment, uh, you know, sometimes when you do that, you make mistakes and stuff like that. So to me, it's just kind of just you know, preparing like it's any other week, uh, doing the little things right, not leaving anything to chance, as Coach O says, uh, and just being prepared at the end of the day, ready to go on Sunday. Coach uh, had mentioned, you mentioned the moment. And when you came in, uh, I think it was the Eastern semifinal, when you came into the game, made that interception, and Coach had said, like, the moment wasn't too big for you. What does that mean to you? Uh, you know, we prepare every week like, well, I prepare every week like I'm going to be the starter. So, uh, you know, I've been doing that since training camp. You know, had some, been fortunate to have some good teammates around me with Mike Daly, you know, Tim Bayon, uh, And they've just helped me a lot throughout the season, especially in training camp, just preparing me for that moment. And, you know, I did some preparation on my own and, uh, you know, just fit right in like a glove uh, on the Eastern Finals. So. You mentioned that secondary um, today, you know, like Mike Daly, Coach Butler. What does it mean to have a room like that for you as a rookie to come in and kind of, you know, be immersed in it like that? Yeah, yeah, those guys are just great guys, you know, great veteran leaders. Uh, you know, they just know the defense and help me really learn it like they know it. So, uh, you know, really thankful for those guys and the things that they've helped me with throughout the season. That is Stavros Katzentonis as we were able to catch up with him at Ticat Media today again. Apologies, social distancing. Uh, I know that audio wasn't the the greatest of quality, and I can uh, already, you know, read the text that uh, I know my executive producer is going to send me. But I wanted to make sure I got you something from Ticats Media today. So a couple of guys getting set for their first ever Grey Cup: Cameron Kelly, Stavros Katzentonis, and obviously exciting for them, exciting for the team, and uh, it really it, it is. There is a buzz in the city, and I've been fortunate to to hit up a few parties in the last couple of days, and we'll probably hit up a few more. You know, I'll be hosting the uh, the Ticats tailgate on Sunday. I'll be down at the Eastern Social Hall. I'll be at the alumni luncheon. So lots going on here at Great Cup Week, and uh, with the Eastern Social Hall, the CFL Awards. You know, on that note, I will let you know that. We are going to be kind of your, I don't want to say your exclusive home of the CFL Awards, but you're going to want to be listening on Friday because we will be joined by every single CFL Award winner right here on the Ticats Audio Network. So very cool uh, to be able to catch up with all the winners. And uh, as mentioned earlier today, Devontae Dedman, he's up for Most Outstanding Special Teams Player. Uh, you can check that out at the Ticats Audio Network. All right, while we were down there at the Hamilton Convention Center, I had a chance to catch up with my good friend, the CFL on TSN's Matthew Shinetti. And, uh, you know, I started our conversation with Matthew just kind of getting his perspective on Media Day and, and kind of what he learned from talking with the Ticats today. Um, I think what I learned, Brandon Banks' perspective is is very interesting and I think important to the 
evolution of this team this year. The fact that this guy in 2019 was the best player in the league, the most outstanding player, and that now he understands that his job isn't to have the big plays all the time. His job is to be a leader um, and to lead by example. And I've been around Brandon since he came to the team in 2014, um, and a little, you know, learning about him and seeing his evolution uh, from a guy who was in his mid 20s coming from the NFL to a guy now who's in his early 30s and who understands that he's in the latter stages of his career and appreciating the perspective that, hey, all I care about is getting a championship. And we've heard so many taglines from Orlando Steinauer this year. Um, but the one I think that's standing out this week for the players is magic, which is make a greater individual commitment. Um, and for Brandon Banks, learning about him and understanding that he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be a leader for these guys. Um, that's the thing that I really took from at least talking to the guys today. Yeah, and even, I mean, we can throw Sim in that category too because, I mean, the word yep. maturity yep. Yep. comes up a lot with them. And it's, and, and, and it's not a, a slam on them that they were immature, but it's just been really nice to see them. Oh, I could say that Simone Lawrence had some immature <laughs> moments. I'm sure, he would, I'm sure he would agree with me. Yep. Um, no, I, I, not to cut you off, sorry about no. that. But it's, it's, this has a lot to do with some of the seeds that Kent Austin and Scott Mitchell, Sean Burke, Drew Alamang um, planted back in 2013 when this, you know, the Ticats became a team without a home for a season and went to Guelph and had to deal with all that. But you see, you can throw Jeremiah Masoli in that as well. And that's kind of important, you know, very quickly. I don't think Jeremiah Masoli can be the professional that he is in understanding and embracing Dane Evans as a starter if he doesn't go through everything that he went through in 2013, 2014, and doesn't kind of embrace the Ticat culture. And and I think that's that's really representative of everything that they, all the guys I've named uh, in the executive and coaching roles the culture they put in has really helped this team now in the fact that Jeremiah Masoli can look at Dane Evans and say, yeah, you're going to be starting. I want to be starting because I'm a competitor, but you're my teammate, you're my friend, and I'm going to do everything I can to get you ready. I think that on top of, you know, Brandon Banks and yeah. Swain Lawrence, I think that's, yeah. that's, 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 that represents everything. And, I mean, it, it was very clear from day one, like going into training camp. Like Coach made no, he didn't hide it. I mean, these guys were going to compete for the job, and there was going to be a 1A and a 1B. And, I mean, to see it actually put into practice, and like you said, like with Jeremiah and what he's been through, and then just just to have Danes back. Like, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of quarterback rooms where that wouldn't work. Uh, I can't think of a team that I've covered where that would have worked if not here. Um, and it started, um, you know, with the Hamilton Convention Center. The team had to quarantine when they came here in um, in the summer at the Sheridan across the street. And Dane Evans was telling me that that's when the seed was planted. And you know, Jeremiah took Dane aside and said while they were getting tested daily as they were quarantining in their rooms, they, they had a chance to see each other. And, and Jeremiah pulled him aside and said, it's going to take both of us. Um, and you can obviously include David Watford in there as well. But it's going to take both of us. And, and speaking to the players around uh, the Ticats and Media Day and really all season, the important thing was they recognized that. They saw that self level of selflessness. And I don't think the Ticats are in this situation in the Grey Cup if not for that one moment between Dane Evans and Jeremiah Masoli. Well, let's talk about the quarterback on the other side. Oh, yes. Zach Caleros is obviously well known to uh, Ticats fans. And it was mm -hmm. nice to, to talk to. Uh, I mean, talk to Luke and Andy all season long and just get the perspective on, uh, on, on uh, you know, Zach and, and what he's been through. I have a feeling that everything that Zach's been through, last year was special, 
you know, four different teams getting hurt in game one. But, right. like, if Zach were to win this, I, I have a feeling this one would mean a little bit more to him. Well, I think statistically I will tell you, and in the history of the league, there's only two quarterbacks who have repeated as Great Cup champions in the last nearly four decades since the early 80s, and one is Doug Flute and the other is Anthony Calvillo. So, um, and in those, those years, in those back-to-back years, Calvillo and Flutie, at least, I mean, Flute, I think, won both in, in 96, 97, but they both won MOPs, both Calvillo and Flutie in those runs. So, you know, and Zach is, in, I would say, I think it's pretty generous to say that he's in, in, in pole position to win the MOP with the greatest amount of respect to, to everything that William Stanback did this year for the Alouettes. Um, I've covered Zach for a long time. It's no secret that he and I have a very good uh, working relationship. Um, I uh, My first year covering the league was, I started covering the league in 2011, but my first full year was covering the league in, in 2012 when Zach came up here, and he was the third-slash-fourth-string quarterback. Um, and I remember fondly just having conversations with this young kid from Cincinnati, from Steubenville, Ohio, and him saying to me, you know what, man, I think I can do something in this league. Like, I, I really, and, you know, at, at that time I, w- I was naive covering it because, you know, Louie, you know this as well as I do. Everybody comes up here, oh, I can do something in this <laughs> league. But, you know, there was a there was a real commitment in, to Zach. And, and the fact is, Ticat fans are going to be cheering against the Bombers, but you can cheer for, you can be a fan of one guy. Everything that Zach Caleros has gone through, usually... 10, 15 years down the road, you look back on careers of athletes like that, and you're like, oh, only if. Only if he was healthy. Only if he was in the right seat. Only if, only if. We don't, there's no only if with Zach Caleros. Like, there is, and you can tell, and this is the thing that I, that, there's a tremendous amount of respect between Alana Styron and Mike O'Shea. There is a tremendous amount of respect between both of these teams. Um, You can see it. You can sense it. But to the larger point that you were making, you can sense that there's a tremendous amount of respect in this organization for Zach Kalaros. Yeah, and you just mentioned O'Shea and uh, and Coach O. Obviously, you know, I thought Steve Simmons put it really well. Yesterday in the coach's press conference, he had said that, uh, you know, guys who had won together, coached together and won together, uh, and now are going head-to-head. I mean, you, you, you talk about the mutual admiration club uh, between the two Coach O's there, O'Shea and or- Orlando. Um, I mean, what, what have you seen between them? This season, last season, what's that relationship like from your perspective? Uh, Going back to 2012, and that coaching staff, the the Argos coaching staff, I mean, Orlando was the defensive backs coach one of his first years as a defensive back coach, and Michael Shea was the special teams coordinator. Um, There is a – their relationship actually reminds me of my relationship with my best friend Sheldon, and in in, in the sense of, like, Orlando said this. Michael Shea is is, – is is quiet and he's not reserved, but he's someone who picks and chooses his words and who he brings in. And Orlando said, that's a guy who doesn't have to tell you that he cares about you. He will show it. And I think that's really – and Coach O, when I was speaking to him for the broadcast at Towns yesterday, said, when my first few years in Winnipeg, when it was going rough, I knew that I could rely on Orlando because he always would call me at the right time. Um you know, football is a competitive business. It's a ruthless business, as we both know. But to see these two guys and the level of respect that they both have for each other, um, and I've seen it from being at the University of Toronto, Mississauga, where the Argos used to have their old, old facilities, and, and the fact that they would bounce ideas off each other and be with each other, and even things I didn't see when they were there at 5.36, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, all the way to 10 years later, 10 seasons later, and they're, you know, they're, they're both head coaches. They both created cultures that 
at the end of the 2019 season, they were the two best teams. Through a global pandemic, we we go 20 months later, and they're the, the, they're still the two best teams. That says something. Uh, it should be a great game on Sunday, Matthew. I know you're busy, so thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Always my pleasure, Louie. Good to see you, and good to see the crew. My thanks to the CFL on TSN's Matthew Shinetti for giving me a couple minutes today at the Hamilton Convention Center. And you probably think I forgot. You probably think that I forgot and I wasn't going to give you a keyword today. Well, no, I just made you listen to the very end of the show. Uh, to get your keyword, because it's time for the keyword to enter for your chance at Grey Cup tickets as well as round-trip flights to anywhere swoop flies. The keyword for this show is Kingston, Jamaica. Go to tycats.ca slash listen to win, and for all the contest details, that's tycats.ca slash listen to win, and enter the keywords Kingston, Jamaica. Good luck, and keep listening all week for more chances to win. Thanks for listening today. We are back tomorrow, same time, same place, for the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great day. Ticats Today with Louis B. Subscribe, like, and get your Ticats fix every weekday.